Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Astros and Guardian series, plus three really big things that's happened to the Astros recently. But we can't do it without my boy Tom. Tom, what is up, buddy? Good morning, Rob. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And I just have to take a moment to tell the world that Rob is an absolute soldier. He works a night shift. He gets off at 4.30 in the morning, and he's and he's up at 7 doing this. I'd have been passed out. Rob, appreciate you. Let's talk some strokes. Not going to lie. The last 30 minutes, I, I was fighting it. I was pretty sleepy, <laughs> but I'm here. You're here. I woke up. But let me tell you this. Something exciting happened. I didn't think it was going to happen. We, I, we, you know, we have the TikTok page, and I was like, I don't think it's going to happen. But we get Justin... <laughs> Verlander back what was your first thoughts my first thoughts was what did it cost because as much as as much as I know we needed Justin Verlander there was so much talk about how the 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 cupboard was bare and you you didn't know if you could afford him and some people go back and forth about his no trade and 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 you know how that was able to play a role and I mean, you wanted Justin Verlander in the offseason, but he was so expensive. So what was the team going to do? Obviously, they needed to address the rotation. The starting pitching needed to have a boost. The team, I think, needed to have a boost. Obviously, the team kind of felt like some of the fans do, in my opinion. If you saw, you know, Alex Bregman's uh, interview, if you saw just, just the buzz around yeah. the clubhouse after the fact, like... This was the kind of thing they needed to let them know, okay, we're still we're still here. We're still going for it. Yeah, Alex Bregman was saying that he just feels renewed. He feels like he has all the energy in the world. He's not tired. His body feels good just from that one thing. What do you think about what it cost him? Drew Gilbert, this is somebody I know you and I and probably everyone listening to this podcast today was – just dreaming about the day of seeing this guy in a in a Astros uniform. Ryan Clifford was the number four prospect. I don't really know a lot about him. I think he's in uh, high A, maybe something like that. But if you look at it, it's what'd you say? It's prospects, parades over prospects. Is it yeah. gonna suck to see this guy dominate in a few years? Maybe, but winning a World Series this year. Having this pitching staff now compared to what it was a couple of months ago, Framberg, CJ, Hunter, JP, Belak, and Blanco. Now I got Framberg, JV, CJ, JP, Hunter, Jose or Keaty's going to be back. We got Alvarez back. We got Altuve back. I mean, this is a World Series team right here. I think the big thing. Just getting back to the prospect, excuse me. It was it was going to be a problem because of potentially 
who they were replacing. The idea is that Drew Gilbert was the heir apparent to Kyle Tucker in the event that you couldn't sign him. Uh, Ryan Clifford, another young stud. I think he's only like 20. And I think that all of all of these guys were in a position to replace Kyle Tucker. Money was a factor with Kyle Tucker, right? You didn't know if you were going to be able to pay him. And I think with the ability that the Astros were able to acquire over half of Justin Verlander's salary, that is what is going to enable them, I think, yeah. to be able to offer him a more lucrative, more competitive contract where they buy out some of his uh, arbitration years and, and front load it a little bit because everybody knows that, that Kyle Tucker is, if they don't know, they should know he's a monster. He's going to require monster dollars. That's just the way business is. The Astros have been very, very selective with who they've given their contracts to. And I think that's why Justin Verlander didn't resign with the Astros because he was just a little too rich. Yeah. Now, with the Mets paying over half of his salary for the next two and a half years, Justin Verlander is is now a cheap date, you know, where he was $43 million for this year and next year and $35 million for the following year. He's not going to cost the Astros, a, 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 I want to say a half. He's going to cost him like over the next year. Like I think this year they pay like 0.8 of his contract. Next year, they pay 35% of his contract. And if he uh, pitches 140 innings yeah. next year, it'll be $17.5 It'll be like paying like... The story I saw is going to cost the Astros $29 million for two and a half years. And let's say he can't stay healthy. Let's say next year he's not any good. Then you don't have to worry about him being on the team. He has to throw 140 innings. And if he can throw 140, that means he's still got it. Absolutely. And I think that is the key in all of it. Now, the one thing that I think to think about is Justin Verlander will come off the books when Tucker, when uh, Altuve, when Bregman, when all these guys are free agents anyway. But if you wanted to be proactive and do what they did with Jordan and try to offer him money these next two years, knowing he's going to be here anyway, might as well pay him now. And then you can, you can extend him and then possibly keep him in town with the money that you saved from this, this, uh, this trade. I think that's what made me feel easy about letting go of these two young prospects. It keeps the window open and it also allows the Astros to make a more competitive offer to Kyle Tucker earlier, in my opinion. They need to just forget the things they've done in the past because if you're going to get rid of the two guys that are supposed to come up and replace them, give them a 10-year deal. Whatever it takes, you got to get them because I don't know who else is there. There's probably a few good guys, but I don't know if there's uh, uh, two players of this caliber. But anyway, next up, Framer Valdez, a no-hitter. And this, folks, is on the heels of of me claiming that J.P. France was the best pitcher in the rotation the next time he pitches after I said it. I think what's something that was interesting that, that a lot of people said, well, that that I saw people say, I, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. There was people on Twitter that said this trade did more for Framber than people know because it's going to allow him to be not the guy. You know, that heavy is the head that wears a crown is the saying. And and I think maybe if 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 
you know, there wasn't an injury, if we're not calling it rest, if they didn't try a new strategy, all the things we were talking about as to why Framber wasn't right and why CJ might not be right. Because, I mean, we're going to get into it. He had another, he had an oppressive start. So I think if, if this is the thing where it was just, it was just, they were worried about leading this rotation. Justin Verlander takes all of that away from you. He's, he's been in the wars. He's been in the battles. He's a leader. He can do all of those things. So Framberg can just go out there, not stress over it and pitch. And if you guys don't know this, signing JV and the Framber no hitter was on the same day. What an amazing day for the Astros. And number three, we swept the Guardians. Absolutely. Undefeated in August. And and they needed that sweep going into what I think is the next seven games is going to be very critical because they're probably the, the toughest seven games they have on their schedule. All right, so adding to Framber's no-hitter, it is Maldi's third time to catch a no-hitter. And the sweep of the Guardians, I, I put the title, Offense, Framber, Chaz. That's the three topics. That's the three games right there. Let's start with Monday's game, buddy. JP France, my uh, my ace <laughs> from a podcast ago. So anyway, he gave up two runs in the top of the second with an RBI double, and then Miles Straw scored on a sack fly, and then no scoring until the bottom of the sixth. The thing about it, folks, if you don't know about the Guardians, their team is – they're not really built to score runs. They're built to not let you score. So that's why these games are usually low scoring. Kyle Tucker had an RBI single, brought in Altuve, and then the big boy, Jordan Alvarez, three-run homer, his 19th homer of the year. Tucker and Alex Bregman scored. It is now 4-2 to two Astros. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think that Tucker and Chaz, like you spoke about, all July just led this team, you know, put them on their back, Said, all right, let's go, boys. We're 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 getting this done, and uh, they're they're starting off. You know, I guess I guess that's not starting off August because I think that was the thirty first. But they yeah. were just finishing out strong. Yeah. Uh, and then and then Bregman, he's starting around into form. So once this team's going to score four runs a game for you, you really feel like they're going to be in a, in a great position to win every game. Yeah, that's all they needed. Bottom of the seventh, they scored from third on a wild pitch. Made it five to two. Bottom of the eighth, Jake Myers. RBI single brought in Yiner Diaz, six to two. Kyle Tucker had a sack fly. He brought Jake in. And then top of the ninth, Quan had a sack fly, seven to three. That was the final score. The Astros win. JP France, who I talked very highly of, gave us seven innings. That's an amazing performance. Seven hits, only two runs allowed, two walks, and six strikeouts. Picks up the win. And JP France is seven and three with a 2.85 ERA. I think one of the titles or one of the keys to your your series or titles to your series should have been pitching, 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 because <laughs> the Stros got a lot of pitching in this series, which is is something that we've talked about for a long time. That when their pitching is right, everything else kind of falls into place. And JP France is, has been just a, a a revelation. You know, I, I think he's not getting enough attention nationally because this is a guy that wasn't on anybody's top 100 list. Wasn't this highly touted prospect. Um, just been nails. I mean, every time yeah. he comes out, you know, he's going to give up a couple of runs, 
but he's been really good about limiting the damage and then just going out and doing his work. He's been so good for this team. And I don't know where they'd be without JP France. Yeah, 285 ERA. Abreu had a walk and a strikeout. Stanek, two hits and a walk. He gave up a run. Presley, one strikeout. Kyle Tucker, two for four with two RBIs. Jordan, one for three with a walk. He drove in four. And your boy, Yiner, two for three. And he scored a run. Jake Myers, don't want to leave him out. One for four with an RBI. Jake Myers has been some guy that I think that while we all wanted to kind of see him fade into the in, into the black, I think we have to also take a moment to at least acknowledge that he's serviceable. If if it's gonna be a if it's gonna be your fourth outfielder, if if he's not if he's if he's the every you know fourth day he gets a go, I I gotta I gotta take a moment to say all right, I'm not mad at Jake Myers. Guy guy comes up and he produces. Yeah. I, I don't love his defense, but I I, I guess this is my. Jake Myers appreciation little mini There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, he did good. It's it's obvious unless Dusty is just the the most hard-headed guy in the world. But Chaz McCormick is 1,000% should be the uh, starting center fielder. And I even think the guy said that on TV. So let's look at August 1st, Tuesday. It was Framer Valdez. I got to clear my throat here for all this offense. Bottom of the third. Kyle Tucker had a two-run single. Altuve and Pena scored, and that was the final score. <laughs> uh, pitching, pitching, pitching. Like I said, uh, the Guardians plus-minus for runs, I think was zero going into that game. These guys limit the damage, and they don't do a lot of damage. So, like, they, I think uh, it, was in, it was either in that broadcast or in yesterday's broadcast where – uh, T. Care Blummer said that, you know, they're, I think, 444 runs scored and 440 runs or whatever the run score, yeah. but it's zero. And I just thought that was amazing because, you know, run differential is, is huge, right? The Rangers are like plus 150 something. And the Astros aren't crazy like with that number, but they're starting to climb a little bit. But to be two games back in the division for the Guardians and, and have a plus minus of zero is pretty impressive. So Framber went nine innings, of course, no hits, no runs. He had one walk. He was one walk away from a perfect game. Seven strikeouts. Picks up the win. He's 9-7 and seven with a 3.07 ERA. He's starting to knock that down a little bit. But I think one of the most impressive things, a no-hitter is super, super impressive, 93 pitches. Yeah, very, very, very economical. <clears throat> uh, I want to say it's like top five all time for the lowest pitches used in a no hitter. I think the, the number one, or there was, was like a, two guys. It was like a Maddox or something, right? Isn't that what they call it? Or a Glavin? I don't know. It's one of the well, Braves guys. Well, they called it that, I think, because he faced like the minimum, you know, like, uh, yeah, not, 27 batters. Yeah. 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 He did. It was, it was a, it was a no hitter, but he faced the minimum. Right. So he yeah. walked the guy and then got the double play immediately after. But, um, he only threw 93 pitches. I think the, 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 the record or whatever it was like 80 something pitches. So, which I, I think was like Mike Hampton or something like that. There were there, there was a graphic. I've had a couple of adult beverages since then. So I don't yeah. even remember exactly what it was. I should do better with the, with the notes, but um, it was a very good performance for all things considered. He didn't tax himself. Obviously the bullpen did, took the night off and everybody won. All right. We're going to talk about yesterday's day game which I was able to watch. 
And uh, we'll talk about that right after this. We'll be right back with more Astros baseball. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, let's talk about Wednesday's game. Ronel Blanco was the starter. Uh, I guess they sent Belak back to uh, AAA. All right, Arias, two-run double. Cleveland took the lead 2-0. to zero. This is the second time in three games that they took the early lead, but they don't have a lot of offense. Uh, Chaz, this was the Chaz game. In the <laughs> bottom of the second, he uh, tied it up with a two-run homer. And then sixth inning, he had a solo homer, and he crushed this one. Homer in 14 and 15. Astros win three to two. This is how the Guardians play. They, they either win this game three to two or they lose three to two. That's how they're built. The, uh, what was it, seven to three in game one? That that wasn't really normal for them. Yeah, credit to Ronel Blanco. I <clears> mean, <throat> coming up from Sugar Land on short notice, I think they're trying to – uh limit some of the innings on these arms. So I think you're going to see a lot of guys jump back and forth between Sugarland and Houston, Belak, Blanco. You may see France go down just, just to get another arm up, but not, not in any, not in any slight against any of these guys. I think it's just to try to like lengthen out, you know, some of these guys have never pitched this many innings and then Blanco in the start. Uh, if, if you didn't watch the game, that 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 two run inning that he had started very innocently with an error. It was two it's two outs, nobody on, and then the next five guys reached base. Uh, they scored two runs, but he leaves them loaded, and that kind of enabled the Astros to get back in the game. Yeah, he had five hits and four walks. Mashinsky, Maton, Naris, Abreu, and Presley. No runs allowed by the bullpen. Presley picks up save. Number 26, sad notice. I did, I saw this uh, magic man went to Sugarland. I don't think it's more than silence for magic man. <laughs> I don't think it's anything uh, against him. I think right now they have a, they went from being uh, uh, without any depth to now having a little bit of depth with adding Kendall Graveman, which we didn't talk about. Uh, oh, yeah. Kendall, Kendall Graveman is a, he's, he was a closer. Elite setup guy, so that just lengthened things out. And I think in a numbers game, Seth Martinez had options, so he could go down to Sugarland, where a lot of other guys couldn't. And I think you're going to see him and maybe Mashinsky and some of these guys kind of flip flop too. I imagine the Astros yeah. would be very creative with their Sugarland uh, pitching, so that they can shuffle them between Houston, whether it be a bullpen guy or a rotation guy or whatever. And I think that's going to be good. Hunter Brown's never pitched this much. Uh, France has never pitched this much. All the young guys never pitched this much. So trying to keep those guys fresh and, and not burn them up or, or risk an injury is going to be important. They got Blanco, Belak, Mushinsky, Gage, and I wouldn't really put him in there because he only went once, but Magic Man, that 
that group of people, they just keep going up and down. Uh, when the bullpen gets a little taxed and you got those arms to bring up, Kyle Tucker went one for four, Alex Bregman two for two with two walks. Jordan two for four, Abreu one for th- four, Chaz two for three, scored twice, knocked in three runs. Your boy Yiner two for four. Chaz McCormick has been so big for this ball club. And I think also something that I saw on socials on, on MLB.com that I think bears, you know, people need to understand is that I think that these, the trade for Justin Verlander also shows based on the, the, the outfield prospects that they gave away because Drew Gilbert was a center field type prospect that this team is showing faith in Chaz McCormick, that he can be a long-term solution I think the two homers that he hit really impressive because they were pull side homers. Everybody knows Chaz's oppo power is, is his, you know, calling card or whatever, but he took uh, off-speed pitches. He took breaking balls and he went into the Crawford box. I think that's the next evolution for Chaz, which is really great to see because now it's one more thing a pitcher has to think about. I just can't beat him with, you know, breaking balls because he'll sit back on a fastball and take it the other way. Yep, and he also got robbed of player of the month. That's what a lot of people think. If you look at the numbers, show hey, may have deserved it, but you know this guy wins awards all the time. Let this guy do it. He had like the month of his life. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the standings, folks. Texas. So the Astros going to last night's game, the Rangers game. If they would have lost, we'd be in first place this morning. But they won, and so we are one half game behind. Texas is 62-46. We're 62-47. and 47. Texas is 4-6 and six in the last 10. We are 7-3. and three. Someone that creeped up on everybody, Seattle is three and a half games out. Seattle's been playing well. <clears throat> it's interesting because they were sellers at the deadline. They, 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 were, they were moving guys around. They moved their closer out, which, I mean, that's nothing new. They've done that before. Kendall Graveman was a Seattle Mariner closer when the Astros got him. So... It's weird. I, I, I mean, you kind of thought they were done, but they played really good baseball. Their schedules probably eased up a little bit. Texas went into uh, Chicago to play the the Northsiders or Southsiders. I'm sorry, Southsiders. And uh, Dylan Cease was on the mound. Kind of felt like Dylan Cease had a chance to uh, beat the Rangers, but he got seven runs put on him in the first two innings, mm-hmm. and the Rangers never looked back. That's why I think that this win for the Astros is so critical because we're going to talk about it, but going into the next couple series, I think it's advantage Rangers. So we'll see. Obviously a sweep is really tough, but glad the Astros got it done. You could just tell they were so much more relaxed in the clubhouse. You had your boy Maldi and uh, uncle Mike running around in dusty Baker's shades, you know, just just really kicked back. So you you know the the the, the atmosphere in the clubhouse and, and Jamie's not even there yet. They're gonna meet him in New York. So pretty cool. Glad they got it done. They're getting back to Club Astros. So the the Seattle Mariner are three and a half behind and the Angels are only four behind. So it's not really the Astros and the Rangers. You're gonna have to start looking at a four a four team race now. The Angels brought in new guys. They they reloaded Texas, spend even more money bringing in more dudes. And uh, it's going to be tough, but Oakland, 30 games behind. They've picked <laughs> up a few games the last couple of months. They used to be like 35 behind. <clears throat> All right, let's do the players of the series. 
I don't know here, buddy. I don't know how many we're going to get because you could just go different ways. For sure, we're going to get the pitcher. Position player is going to be tough and the rows will be tough because we may switch them around. So I'm going to say one. <laughs> we're going to get one. I think the one is the lock. <laughs> the one is super locked. All right. Who do you got for pitcher? <laughs> I mean, formality, folks. We have to say it. Yeah, yeah. Only only because it's formality, I guess. Yeah. Brad Rivalda is my pitcher of the series. The guy looks so good. Uh, really, really amazing use of his pitch mix and just had him off balance the entire time. I, I get it. Uh, Cleveland's not a, a, a big number scoring team, but I mean, he had just had it all working and Fran Valdez is the guy for me. I think the starting pitchers threw what? Nine and seven, 16, four, 20 innings and gave up four runs. Pretty good job. Yeah. I got him too. Fran Valdez. Nine innings, no hits, no runs. Position player. This is where it gets tricky. We'll see how was, you go with it. It was really tough for me. Um, I was basically torn between Kyle Tucker and Chaz McCormick. And I feel that because Chaz McCormick should probably not be there, it's Chaz McCormick for me. I mean, he won yesterday's game by himself. You know, yeah. all the offense, all him. So Chaz McCormick for me. I have Kyle Tucker, two for four <laughs> with two RBIs, one for four with an RBI, one for four. He went four for 12. He drove in four runs. And I, they were also the two people I was trying to decide between. And that's why I only picked one, because I think that we were going to have those different. Because I have Chaz as my Rose winner. He's been playing so well. He's This is one of those times where he needs something. He's got to get an award. I totally agree, but I feel like he's passed the Rose award, right? Like, like he just does. He needs an all award. The, things now. the reason I, I went with Tucker is he did something every game. Now, I realized what Chaz did in game three, but Tucker, you know, drove in runs a couple occasions in game one. And For me, it was the Astros bullpen is my Rose winner. Oh, I, I didn't know which way to go. I, I felt like, I couldn't give it to Tuck because, I mean, this is kind of Tuck-type offense. I mean, he is the stud that we're talking about paying tons and tons of money to, yeah. rightfully so. And I thought the bullpen, especially in the start yesterday, was just really, really good. I feel like they, as a unit, have been beat up and tired. And, you know, I know Framberg gave him a day off, but they still got it done in the, other what, Saturday's game? No, I'm sorry, Friday's game. They got it done in Friday's game. So I think they needed something. Give me the bullpen. So if you gave the position player to Kyle Tucker, would you have given Chaz the rose? No, for the same reasons. I, oh, he's been okay. doing it. He's been doing it all month. I, I know. I, like, I just think I just wanted to give him something. It's, I understand. Yeah. I'm not shocked by what he did. It's just, I wanted him to get, I get, I, I just wanted him to win something. All right. So next up for the Astros are the last place in the AL East Yankees. <laughs> 56 and 52. It's a tough division when you're in last place and you're 56 and 52. Uh, they have a 519 win percentage. They are 10 games back. And they are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. So there's the pitching matchups. Javier pitching Thursday, 615. Start time on Fox. 
against Schmidt, who's seven and six, four thirty-nine. Friday, the game's on Apple TV, six oh five start time. Hunter Brown versus Severino, who is two and five with a seven four nine ERA. Saturday and Sunday, they're both on AT and T, twelve o'clock and twelve thirty. Against to be determined, which one of these games? There's no uh, Garrett Cole. So there, and there's no who that Herman who threw the no hitter. So neither one of those are there. Who's it would it has to be JV one of these two games. So according to Julie Morales on the on the game yesterday, JV and Urquidy are both in the mix for one of those games. Uh, selfishly, me or we're. Me, you, and Susie have the Sunday game on the PSF app. So I am selfishly rooting for a Sunday JV game. <laughs> yeah, I, rem- I remember Rikiti was supposed to pitch in one of these games, but it maybe they'll pay both of them. But Rikiti needs to be, be re- uh, reinstated. So we'll see what happens. All right, so you have your final thoughts. And then if I have time... I'm going to share some comments made by Martin Maldonado's teammates. (laughs) Okay. Well, on that note, (laughs) um, the one thing I I, I want to preach to all the faithful that listen, we appreciate every last one of y'all is that this next series is going to try your patience a little bit. I hope I'm wrong. I will gladly apologize if I'm wrong. But the worst thing to face is a Yankee team backed into a corner, must win in Yankee Stadium, bleacher creatures going bananas because they need every last one. They are on the breaking point. A bad series with the Astros is probably going to doom these Yankees for the postseason. I mean, I don't know exactly the numbers, how, how far back they are in the wild card race. I think they're like three games back, something like that. But they, they need these games. And the pitching matchup favors the Strohs. And the offense right now favors the Strohs. Everything favors the Strohs. No Cole, like you said. Um, Herman's done for the season. He's had about with... Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Came out yesterday. They shut him down. He's, uh, he's getting help for alcohol abuse. Uh, the details haven't came out, but people are assuming he showed up into the clubhouse you Let know, me repeat the ERAs again, since you po- you made a point that we have the pitching advantage. 439, that's the first game. That's the lowest one. 749, 516, 629. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. The, the Astros have every reason to go in there and just beat these guys up. The pitching is, has not been good for the Yankees. Their offense hasn't been good for the Yankees. Everything screams. Oh, the Astros are just going to steamroll. And that's when it doesn't happen. <laughs> so I feel like I, I never some... think that. I, I don't think the Astros are going to go in and steamroll them. I, oh, I would always like, you're going to go into the Bronx. Give me a split. I'll be happy. You just don't want to lose to these guys. And that for me should be what people should be going. Okay. This place is one of the hardest places to play in all of baseball. A split with the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. It's probably not a bad thing, in my opinion, just like you said. They win the series, fantastic. Move on, keep it moving. But I know people are going to see these numbers and go, they should have beat the Yankees up. They should, and they should. 
But I'll it's tell you never... this. They they have home field advantage. But they do have these bad pitchers. But we have a rejuvenated team that just got Justin Verlander back. And it seems like he was never gone now that he's here again. I don't know. I think the Astros are going to be an animal. I it's going to so. it's going to be awesome. I I mean I wouldn't be shocked if we sweep. I don't think we're going to sweep them. <laughs> three three games to one isn't I don't know. I I think we're going to dominate them. I mean, I follow some of their fans on Twitter and uh or X, whatever you want to call it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? Uh who knows. Elon's doing Elon things. It doesn't but, even um, say tweet anymore. It says like post or something. I don't know. Yep, it's still yep. the same, so I could care less what it says. <laughs> And and they feel like they're never going to win again. And then they won yesterday. So uh, the Yankees are just a that team, man. You can never count those guys out. They they all. I mean, their roster is littered with guys that have you know have postseason experience. That are you know guys that have guys that have gotten it done at different levels. So I just I just warn people to keep your expectations, you know, somewhere in the middle going into a hostile environment. Yeah, expect a splitter better, and don't be, you won't be disappointed. All right, so for everyone that does not like Mal, Martin Maldonado, and everybody wonders why, why, oh, why does he continue catching? Look at his ERA. It's better with the other guy. Look at this. It's better with the other guy. I'm about to share you with you. It's a story from AP. I think it, I, I didn't get the girl's name, but I should have. And she got she got some quotes from the players, and you know they're not going to say anything bad. So you have that too, right? But this is what they said. Ryan Presley said he's one of the hardest-working guys on this team. He's essentially our quarterback. Christian Javier, he's great, and he means a great deal to me. Dusty, I've said it before, and it's fallen on deaf ears but he means a ton to our pitching staff. Hector Neris, I think for this group that we have here, to have Maldi behind home plate is the best. It's like the perfect compliment for us. The pitchers love Maldi. Okay. I, I we, will, <laughs> we will definitely agree to disagree <laughs> on this one because uh, they can love him all they want, but they were struggling mightily not too long ago. And none of them were going, well, you know, Maldi is still great. Nobody was I saying. I don't know if the story was, maybe if it was printed last night or not, but that's when I saw it. I understand the fans' affinity for Maldi. He is a very infectious guy, you know. But if you take the name off the jersey and you just look at his numbers, and then you take the name off the other guy's jersey and you just look at the numbers, you go, why aren't they playing that guy? So for, for me... I'm not a jersey on the back guy. I'm a jersey on the front. Or, you yeah. know, I'm the the name on the front. So while they may love him, and and I, I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan, you know, for me personally, his intangibles, his all, all of that did not equal better ERAs. So they can say all the beautiful things, but this rotation still struggled mightily. I think JV helps a ton. And JV is is a is a Maldi's my guy type guy. I understand that. He was the, not... he was the first guy he texts. He texted him at 9:30 in the morning and said, "Let's F and go." I understand that too. I'm just saying I'm just saying gonna... no, I'm not saying it's the best choice. 
I'm just saying, if you want to know why, it's because that's who they want. Well, believe it or not, that's who they want. And I'm not here to defending. I'm. I just you are the, here to defend. It. No, I just saw the story, and I just want people to know. If you want information on why is he catching, there you go. The, the, the pitchers love him. What I think is funny, what I think is really interesting, and and you know we could do this all day. Uh, <laughs> Chandler Rome, who people have now sort of fallen in love with, that he no longer writes for the Houston Chronicle and feels he can speak freely, really wants Yiner Diaz to be compared with Jose Abreu. And he's like, Jose Abreu and Yiner Diaz, whatever numbers, extra base hits, all this stuff. He 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 advocates for Yiner Diaz, but as a replacement for Jose Abreu. And I'm like, while this guy is this huge media guy, works for The Athletic, probably makes more money talking about baseball than I do in my daily job, which I hate, but that's okay. Uh, um, Yiner Diaz was not brought in to be a first baseman. The guy's a catcher. So for everyone that's trying to find a, another place to put him, the guy's a catcher. And it's like, look, I understand you want his offense. I do too, but he's a catcher. So yeah. like as much as you love Maldi, as much as all of these things scream Maldi, 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 and now the offense looking like it does, you can afford to to, to run Maldi out there as much as you want because yeah. one through eight, they're, they're, they're deadly now. You know, you're really starting to see the lineup lengthen. Yadier Diaz is a catcher. So yeah, it, I, I feel like the the worst thing that's going to happen out of all of this is that he's going to get lost in the shuffle. And I hate that because he truly is a good young talent that we need to like cultivate. But I think Yadier Diaz do? is like, uh, who's, uh, who's that guy from green Bay, the Packers, uh, the quarterback, Aaron will Aaron Rodgers. He's no longer in green Bay. No, but he's it, with the it, New York. Jets. No, when he was with him, mm-hmm. he, he was behind. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Yep. And a lot of people were like, hey, we're ready for this guy, but Brett Favre's your quarterback. And then finally, they got rid of him. Brett Favre came up. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers became the starter, and he did great, and everybody was happy. So what I'm saying, Yiner's time will come. <laughs> it's just not this year. The funny thing is that most people would say they stay with Brett Favre too long. <laughs> so your argument no. kind of like... <laughs> no, it's exactly the same. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. What I mean is the last couple of years of Brett Favre, he didn't win anything. That's and what I'm they saying. Were like, they were like, I'm saying was... Maldi's down, but that's, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. who it is. And but everybody, everybody wants the new guy because <laughs> they think he's better, but we're stuck with Brett Favre folks. We are, but I guess to your point, Maldi will uh, be, people... I mean, uh, uh, Yiner will be there next year. Just be patient. <laughs> He'll be the starter next year, and we're going to even be even better. Just be patient. We have the rest of the season to to delve into that. I'll, <laughs> I'll let it go for it. Well, you pretty much have to because we are out of time. Yes, sir. So with that, folks, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, who did the Rangers play? I don't think we have time for that. But anyway, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much time is left. We can't see the clock. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time on Astros Baseball. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.